The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everybody. This is Aurora and Kristen with another episode of Barely Filtered. And today we have on a very special guest. We have Tanya Rad, who you might recognize from On Air with Ryan Seacrest. She's been with him for over a decade. She's been an e-correspondent. You might have seen her on the Ellen DeGeneres show. She has a new book that just launched called or just released, I guess, called The Sunshine Mind. And um, I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, you also might know her from her podcast, Scrubbing In with Becca Tilly, who also happens to be her best friend. So that is just amazing. And Quite we're just resume. basically trying to be you over yeah. here. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. I, I love your energy. We were just discussing the power of yellow. And I feel like that describes you. You walk in like a sunshine, like just want to plug in the sunshine, sunshine mind. It is sunshine, sunshine mind. mind. Yeah. Plug that. Thank you. Um, so let's just start right off with that. What inspired you to write the sunshine mind and where did that inspiration come from? You know, first of all, thank you for saying that. I do like, it's funny the, my girlfriend that I wrote the book with Raquel, everybody always describes us as human sunshine. And so when we were naming the book, it felt like very much the title because that's exactly what we wanted people to get from it. And it's really crazy because I wrote an entire proposal before this book. It was like a dating book. And it was like all my dating stories. Cause oh I've been dating, God. was dating for like seven years in LA. That was like your shtick on, on air with Ryan too. Like you were like the perpetual single girl. The per- Petrol single, but like <laughs> yeah. dating all the time. Like yes. I was, I gave it my all. And so I wrote this book that really spent like a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money. And vulnerability. Yes. I mean, putting this together, yeah. right? I send it out to like all these publishers. And it's what's crazy is like in that whole process, I felt like I let other people get in my head and like I really changed things that I shouldn't have changed and named it something that I didn't want to name it. And mm-hmm. so nobody wanted it. Like, nobody gave me an offer on the book. Yeah, and it was like really heartbreaking. And so I opened up on the podcast we do every year at the end of the year, we do like our peak and our pit of the year. And I was talking about it cause I'd never, I didn't talk about it on the podcast at all. And I was like, my pit was, I did this proposal and like, I really want to write a book. And I was just like, so down. And that episode, one of our scrub sisters reached out to me and she was like, I have faith in you. I really want you to do this book. My aunt works in publishing. I'd love to connect you. Wow. And it was like such a perfect storm. And I was like, this is, this is what I want the book to be. I want it to be something inspirational, motivational, coming out of the pandemic. I mean, we're still in the pandemic, like COVID still exists, Mm -hmm. but you know what I mean? Like, I really want to bring community. And so that was kind of how that book was born. And it was like definitely the book that was meant to be out first. I love that. And I just have to say that if I ever named a book after what people call me, it would probably be like, (laughs) (laughs) fucking bitch. (laughs) So so go you, because that's amazing that so many people have, because that's one of the first things I noticed about you too. When I, I think I met you at an influencer event or something. Tanya also has a huge following as would expect. You're just like, you're like a girl's girl, you know, like you're kind of, you're very warm and like, you're the person you see at the party and you're like, I need to go stand next to her because I feel uncomfortable. And like, she like is just like a ray of sunshine. And you're so positive. Positive. And I think in this day and age, especially with the pandemic and everything going on just in the world, it's easy to go down that rabbit hole of negativity and to feed into haters or trolls or just the stressors of life. And you have found a way to always stay positive. So you guys are one, so nice. There is a follow up question. I actually asked one of our, the gals in here. I, I was talking about you. She's like, are you talking about Tanya Rad? I'm like, yes. Like, what would you like me to ask her? And she goes, 
she is so positive, but I want to know like what keeps her up at night? Like what is something that stresses you out? Because we're all human at the end of the day. You know, well, it's different at different stages of life. You know what I mean? Like, I think if I were being honest right now, what stresses me out, I'm in like a transitional phase. Like I'm not, I'm not living officially with my boyfriend, but I'm not living at home. So I'm basically living with him, but I have two homes Mm. and I feel you living out of the car, you're packing a bag. Yes. Toothbrush is there, but you don't live together. It's that weird transition. So much of my stuff is there. Like I would say like, 85% 85% yeah, of my stuff is there right. literally. So it's like, I do live there, but I, but I don't. And so it, it's a little bit of like, a, it's an unsettling feeling. And I try not to like harp on it and like to, because to focus on it, because I try and focus on the good, mm-hmm. but it is, it's a very unsettling feeling. And so that's kind of something that I'm feeling a little uneasy about right now. And you guys are both in LA? Yeah. And how we long have you been like together? 12 minutes apart. Okay. Yeah. And how long have you been together? Uh, maybe three and a half years, a little under three and a half years. Because that's something like I always hear is like people think there should be a timestamp on when should we move in together? When should we get engaged? You know, everyone, and there's no formula that works for all. So, and you know, what's funny is it's totally to each their own, whatever you want to do. I always had this thing with myself that I was not going to move in with anybody until I was engaged. Oh, so that's my, are thing. you standing firm to that? I'm standing firm. To okay. It. Yes. So yes. The 85%. Yeah. I commend yeah. you though, for like, living in the discomfort and not trying to like, you know, force it. Like, I feel like in my life I've forced things and, and then it just, like kind of puts like a, a pressure on the, it just throws things off. And like you, I, I mean, it's funny that you were wrote a whole book about just what it's like to be single. Like what took you so long to find this guy? And like, do you think he's the one? So it's funny because when you talk about like the pressure, I think that you're never going to find two people in the world that are in the exact same stage of life mm-hmm. at the exa- and want the exact same things at the exact same time. It's just like unrealistic. And so that's been the push and pull of my relationship with my boyfriend right now is like I was in a life phase where I'd been dating for seven years and I was waiting for that person and like I found him so I'm like ready to go yeah and he will he has two kids and he's not in that same life phase that I am and so it's been this but we both have respect for each other and where we came from so it's like this push and pull of what he's ready for what I'm ready for and just like being patient with each other and it's actually I wrote a chapter in the book about it because in the Bible it says love is patience the first thing that describes love as Mm -hmm. and I always thought that was so weird like I was like Love is amazing. Love yeah. is beautiful. Love is romance. Love yeah. is, you know, patience. Patience. It's not patience. It's like waiting. Yeah. yeah. Boring. And now I'm like, I've never understood it more in my life than I have now because like we both are so patient with each other. And that's like such a beautiful thing. But I think when I was dating, I never, I think you get past this point in life when all your friends are getting married and they're like, okay, so I missed that boat. That ship has sailed. And that's not, you know what I mean? Like I'm not 22, 23 getting married Mm -hmm. and you really start to realize like what you want. And I was really firm on what I wanted. And so I was, I was going through them. Like I would go out with people once or twice. I think I had like a handful of relationships in that seven year span, but it was maybe like six months, seven months. Like I never dated anybody for more than a year. That's so interesting though, that you got more firm and more concise about what you, that's not the word I'm looking for either, but you got more firm about what you wanted, where I feel like a lot of girls, once they start pushing that 30 mark, they're like, okay, I got to lower my standards a little bit because it's not working Well, because you know, we have that pressure of time and eggs. And Mm -hmm. I feel like society does a really good job of 
Reminding us. Reminding us of that, <laughs> yeah. that timeline. Like always a bridesmaid, never yeah, a bride. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and like once you hit 30, your eggs start shriveling. And it's like, it's just not the case. And if you really look into it, like I definitely, I think, I don't know when, I think at 33, I went and got my eggs checked because I was like, okay, I'm in the relationship that I'm going to be in, I think, for the rest of my life. So let's see what's going on down here. And if I do need to freeze my eggs or if it's something that I should think about. And I went to this doctor and he did the whole thing and he was like, you're good. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to freak out. And And how old are you now? I'm 35 now. Okay. Are you thinking of freezing eggs or anything like that? Are you just going to kind of. So the way that, that this doctor described it to me, he said basically, and again, it's all, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, obviously they're professionals and they know what they're doing, but he said, if I want to have a baby naturally by 37, I I should be okay. Okay. So that's good to hear. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, okay. And then I, his thing was, if you want to have more than one, maybe I would consider freezing. So freezing now or freezing at 37, freezing now, freezing within the next like year. And you're thinking maybe just one is good enough. I'm thinking. Yeah. One's easy. One's a purse. We well, can bring that shit anywhere. One is a purse. And you do have two. He has two yeah, children. He has that would two. Then be your so then it would be three total, yeah. which feels like. And it's interesting that he has two children because Aurora has two children and Aurora is going through a divorce and potentially, you know, I, I imagine is going to date. And so you're kind of on the other side of the significant other. So what's maybe actually advice for Aurora or someone who has I've children. already slid in her DMs several <laughs> yeah. times. And I'm like, <laughs> like you are, tell us. you're making me feel like life is not over. Thank you so much. <laughs> but like Your life is not over. Yeah. Give, let's let's give Aurora a pep talk here. <laughs> I think something really beautiful in, you know, in in the space that you're in is that and I think my boyfriend was in this space too. He was like, I'm good. Like, I've got my two kids. I love my life. I don't need anyone. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're in that same space of like, I don't need anybody to make me make my life complete. Like, my life is complete. I think, and for him with me, it was like, I need this woman in my life because she makes it better. Yeah. You know? So it's like, there's something so beautiful in being in that space of life of like, I don't need anybody. I only want to be with someone if they're going to make my life better. Right. I actually wrote something about that on Instagram the other day about just like, because like true love never comes from a place of need. Whenever you feel like you need somebody else to fill you up or anything, it always ends up, you know, there's always a crash somewhere at the end because no one can make you happy other than yourself, which is like kind of your whole, your whole shtick. Like, I feel like even though you didn't have to have two kids in order to feel like you're good, I feel like you've had this kind of intrinsic feeling of like, I love myself enough where I'm not going to settle for anything. And else. I also try, I have such a deep, I'm so rooted in my faith. And I'm like, I, companionship, marriage, children, motherhood has been such a desire of my heart for the mm. longest time. And so I'm like, I know that's going to be fulfilled yeah, at the right time for me, you know? So I have this piece of just kind of like trusting that what's meant for me will come. And I know it's going to sound people, you know, people say like, but it's an insurance policy, freezing your eggs. And mm-hmm. you know, what if, and what if, and it's like, okay, what if, what if then yeah. I'll figure it out, you know, like right. I'm smart and I'm capable. And I, you know, I, I know women who are having babies on their own. Totally. They didn't end up mm-hmm. finding somebody. I have a friend that's going through the adoption process. I have a friend who did it through IVF with a sperm donor. So it's just like, there's so many options out there and there's so much we can do. And yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah, been good. I love that. I feel we were talking to somebody yesterday who was Mormon and I, are you Christian or? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think it matters what the religion is, but it sounds like I feel like we're finding a common thread for people who have just really like 
a, a great amount of self-love and high standards where they feel totally filled up and, yeah. and they all seem to have some kind of level of faith. And I think I might go join the church again. I grew <laughs> well, up Catholic. No, but, no, but it's yeah. true because like it's that idea of like being totally whole without someone. And I think that's why I never settled. I didn't, you know, like I didn't need, I could have for sure been married a lot sooner yeah. than now. I could have married two of the guys I dated in that time span. Wow. But I knew that it wasn't, for me like mm-hmm. I knew long term that that wasn't for me and I think thinking long term of like is this partner going to be like the best partner for me in 20 years and 30 years right. and is this person that I want to live my life with is your it, partner Christian no he's Jewish actually yeah, that's what I thought yeah I okay. love a good Jew yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we have a respect for each other and each other's faith yeah you know? and it, I love what Aurora said about we've found this common theme of people who whether they don't consume alcohol and drugs or they have a strong foundation in faith my family's actually probably going to move to Nashville. We noticed there is just the people were black and white different, like just more wholesome, happy. There is a foundation. And I noticed that there is churches on every corner, like a Starbucks is in LA. And mm. there was a foundation of faith and family. And there, it seems to me like there's almost that confidence that, like you said, I think is so beautiful. You just have faith. Everything's going to work out how it should. So what would you say to women who are freaking out? Like, cause you know, this generation, everyone's getting married 33, one through like 35, having kids at 35, everything's kind of pushed 10 years. It seems like. Which is so nice. Which because is great. For me, it was like, yeah. if I don't have a kid by 25, I'm over. You right. Know what I mean? That's, like, that's right. what yeah. we grew up thinking because yeah. our parents. So what would you say to the women out there who are kind of in that space? Maybe they don't have that confidence you have of like trusting the journey because they're like, I'm single. I'm 30. I have no yeah. man. I have no kids. What would you say to those women? <sighs> You're going to have moments. And like, trust me, I had moments where I felt like, is this ever going to happen? Like, you know, it's def- defeating after you got bad date after bad date after weird guy after yeah, like yeah. psycho man you know what I mean like right. it gets it can get to you and so like I definitely had moments where like I would come home I would say channel your energy into so I wrote I had this dear future husband journal when I would get home after like really oh bad gosh. dates and I would psycho. like just yeah. Yeah. no no trust me I did some weird things but I would write to my dear future husband of like what happened on that date and I know like you're not going to be that way I know you're not going to treat me like this I can't wait till you know blah 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 and I would write to this person right yeah and I it would this. change my perspective from coming home and feeling defeated to like coming home and being hopeful for what was out there so that was something that I did that like really kind of kept me in like a really good headspace I also took breaks like if I was just like going through it and I just was like I can't I also would take like breaks in the dating you know I wasn't like consecutively right. dating every single you day yeah. correct <laughs> that, but that's cool that you with the journaling like you were manifesting and putting truly writing and putting out into the universe this is what I want yeah and you and that's what I got that. yeah like, that's no I'm coincidence. telling you it's what I got it's really wild and like I did weird things I was I can't remember if it was Oprah or somebody but they said look at your home is your home full to the brim. And like, I was in that space of like my closet, you can barely jam the hanger in there. Like I had every inch filled. And so I went through a whole weekend and I just, I took out like maybe this much space of my closet. I emptied out an entire drawer so that I was making space for this man to come into my life. Wow. That's, That's really great. Okay, guys, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. You drink it literally every day. 
So I gave AG one a try because let's face it, after baby number three, your girl's got a lot to work to do. So I actually heard of AG one a couple years ago. I enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed that it actually tastes a little bit sweet, which was a pleasant surprise for me. And I reintroduced it post-baby with Nala and learning about the Huberman warnings. If you follow Huberman, you know he is just the go out there right now. So anything he does, I want to try. So I've been doing these Huberman mornings. After a long fast, I wake up, I do a really hard workout, something I really don't want to do, but it's more of a mental sweat. And then I take a really cold shower. And the first thing that enters my body is AG1. I love it. It makes me feel energized. It makes me feel clean. It just makes me feel incredible. So I wanted to share that with you guys. Not only does it make me feel amazing, but it's a kind of like a one-stop shop where I'm getting all of my daily vitamins, 75 minerals and vitamins in just one packet. So sharing with you guys, if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash barely filtered. That's drinkag1.com slash barely filtered. Jump on the train, check it out. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Emma Shagormley. We are two best friends with one common obsession. Beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We tried it all and we've got your back. We'll be calling on all our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. Consider us your beauty 411 and sometimes your 911. From how to fix brassy hair to the pros and cons of laser facials and always with a cocktail in hand. Always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. I just watched the minimalist documentary on Netflix and they talk a lot about that, that we actually create stressors. I need to watch this. It's so good. Yeah. We create, when we live, I can go on about this. We live in this consumer society where we, we need stuff. We need all this stuff and it actually stresses us out and we don't have room for the things that actually fulfill us. And when we get rid of that stuff, like you said, you're making room for more positivity, more relationships, more self-fulfillment. And on that self-fulfillment, what did you do in that process? And still to this day for like, self-care and taking care of yourself at a time where maybe you felt alone or didn't have this amazing boyfriend. You know, what's wild. So my boyfriend actually broke up for like a two month window of our relationship. And I'll never forget. I, in that two month window, I was doing all the things. Like I would go on like nine mile runs. Mm -hmm. I would clean, I would sage my place. (laughs) I would organize, like, you know, everything to keep yourself busy. I would make crazy birthday things for my friend's birthday. Like I was that girl. Like I was just doing things, you know, uh, Christmas caroling to my friends and like, I just did everything right. To just like keep my mind busy. And I remember I was having like just one of those days and I was looking through my DMS and this woman messaged me and she said, I would give anything to swap lives with you today. I have one kid potty training the other one sucking on my boob complaining was my it husband, me in your DMs? No, my <laughs> husband's, my husband's complaining because he wants breakfast and I would give anything to switch lives with you for the day and it really struck me because I'm like here's this woman who has everything that I am hoping for right or like that's the desire of my heart kids mm-hmm. marriage wonderful husband and she wants to trade lives with me Yeah. And I'm like, it just goes to show you that like there is beauty in every season of life. And like, we just don't appreciate it because we so badly want what's on the other side that we forget about what we currently have. And I'm like, I I don't forget it because I'm like, when I was single, I was like 
running around town. I was on this hamster wheel. I'm like, I was crushing it in my career. I was nonstop. I would sleep in on the weekends, wake up whenever I wanted, eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, go to sleep whenever I wanted. Like I don't have that anymore. Yeah. I don't have that at all anymore. And there is something so beautiful in where I am now and I love it and I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I'm like, I'm so grateful. Yeah. I appreciated what I had when I had, I could go to the farmer's market and spend two hours walking around. Yeah. Like, I can't do that nice. now. You're I'm talking dirty to us. Right? I'm like, now I'm on Instacart. Like how quickly can you I can get my groceries? In peace. Yeah. Yeah. I buckle yeah. up for that. I actually, uh, you remind me of Brene Brown talks a lot about like perpetual nexting, she calls yeah. it, where you're just always like, your mind is just always on the next thing. And it's a huge problem because we're not living in the moment, which sounds cheesy and everybody's heard that expression, but like you really, there's no way for our brains to simultaneously appreciate where we are right now if we're thinking about the next thing. And you're preaching to the choir because I'm like, I'm vision board girl. I am yeah. to-do list girl. I am monthly goals girl. So I'm always. And those are good. Right. I'm the same way. But Very type A. I think it's a, it's a balance. Right. And I think, you know, what I, my relationship has humbled me a lot because when you're single and you're doing your own thing, you can go after everything and do, you know, you can knock off your to-do list. And and now it's like, my life is different in a way, you know, like I would have married this, I would have married him two years ago. Like I knew within like nine to 10 months, like he was it for me. So I would have totally married him, but I'm like, I have to take it at his pace when he's ready Mm -hmm. too. you know what I mean? It's It's a Two Love ways, is patient. Yeah. Love is patient. It's a two-way street. And so it's like, yes, I could harp on that constantly, but like I also have to kind of sit in the pocket of like, I have what I want. Mm-hmm. Right. And I will get to where I want to get. Do you ever wish that you had written? And the only reason I'm asking you this is because I did the same thing where I was like, this is what my future husband needs to have. And I wrote all the things. And sometimes I think back to the list and I'm like, why didn't I put like blah, 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 blah? You know, because like there was like that one thing that like, oh didn't have that and I didn't know I needed it until now now I need it is there anything that you wish you had put on your list so it's funny I like I used to be that list girl and then I went through a phase where I was like fuck this list Mm. like this is the problem I was basically like interviewing guys I wasn't going on dates I was like bring your book yeah like go on interviews (laughs) and like make sure okay yes check 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 and that's not what I want and so I wrote I changed my list of kind of what I wanted. And I wrote more, it was like my dear future husband and like how I want to be treated, how I want to be respected, what type of relationship I want versus anything else. So you know what's so funny? I heard this interesting statistic and I'm going to botch it because I don't know the exact number, but it's around this. We, as women, we focus on, you know, the checklist. He needs to be six feet. He needs to make six figures and he has to have no kids. That statistic alone is less than 2% of men in the United States. Really? So it's like, who the fuck do we think we are trying yeah. to get the top 2%? I mean, you deserve the best, but rather than focusing on those surface level yeah. things, you need to focus on how is, like you said, is he going to respect me? Is he going to show up? Is he going to let me fly? Like all these things that actually yeah. really matter. Like, is he going to treat me like an equal? That was huge yes, for me. It, yeah. it has to be that those things that you can't really define on paper. It's how yeah. you feel. Yeah. I'm sure you were intimidating to a lot of men too, just because like you're this young, hot blonde who's like, you know, on one of the biggest shows and you hang out with Ryan Seacrest all day. And like, I don't know, it's just, I feel like a guy needs to be pretty secure in order to absolutely date somebody who's like already has their career. Like, I'm not going to lie. It was like, I remember one guy in particular that I dated and he was, it's actually funny because I think that he was like a sign from above that there are still really good men out there because he was like a really great guy. Christian, sweet, like would never hurt a fly, loyal, great guy. But 
my career was always something that I feel like not rubbed him the the wrong way isn't the right thing, but I feel like he never really got it. Like it was weird to him. And he also wasn't really sure of himself and where he wanted to go Mm -hmm. and didn't have his career kind of on the path. And so it was like, I was like, this is just not going to work out. Like, right, you, you know, you, that I was just hurting felt his the, pride and ego. And the energy that he was bringing in was like, not, yeah, babe, like my boyfriend now is like, yeah, babe, go get Like, you got it. You're going to get it. Like, oh, it's okay next time. You know, like I didn't have that energy from him. And so it was like. Right. That's a confident man though. Yeah. And I think for women, especially in this day and age, we're all such go-getters with big dreams. Most of us. We need that. We need, yeah. I, we talk about, I say the the rock and the kite. Like you need to let someone let you be the kite and to fly and cheer you on. Yeah. And if they're not, if their ego and their pride, which is the most precious thing to every man, if that's compromised and they feel hurt, that ain't, that ain't for you, sis. Yeah. I know. I saw a meme the other day that was like, everything on your checklist plus one red flag is not your manifestation. That's a, uh, it's a test from the universe. You know, uh, it's like, if you have, if, like, if you, if they have everything, like he's Christian, he's great. But then there's like that one thing is just like, eh, it's in your gut. It's like, it's a test. Like, yeah. that's not it. Run. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's so true. Yeah. So of all the seven years of dating, that's quite a long time to be <laughs> single in LA. Oh my yeah. gosh. What was like kind of a horror story or the worst date that you've had? So many. Or grossest guy. I don't know. But the craziest thing. So this is like, this one was crazy. So I met this guy on Wilshire Boulevard. We were like driving in our cars and we stopped at a red light. And he literally like did the roll down the window, asked me for my number, called me right then and there. We had like a conversation. It's like a movie. He asked me out. And I was like, totally was like sketched out at first. But then I'm like, what's the difference between meeting somebody in a car or at a bar or like whatever? So I was like, okay. So I met him for coffee during the day that was like our first date and I was like okay he's attractive we got along well I was like okay this is so great so I started dating this guy right we had plans to hang out this was like on a Saturday night we were going out to dinner on a Saturday night and it was like the Vuv Clico polo mm-hmm. day you know that they yeah. have okay and I was going with Becca and so I was like okay great I'll like go to this thing get a little buzz come home get ready and go on my date so we went to the polo match and then we went to get like lunch after and we were in the Palisades. So if you're not, I don't know if you, people are watching, they don't know, understand LA very well. The Palisades is like far West. Yeah. And this guy no lived in West. you scream. Right. And he <laughs> lived in West Hollywood. So like when you live in West Hollywood, you don't just like hang out in the, on the West side. Yeah. Uh Oh, did he have a family in West Hollywood? No. <laughs> so we're, we're in the, in the Palisades getting lunch back and I are like sitting on this bench and this guy, we called him Mr. Wilshire comes walking down the street, holding hands with this other girl, like, <gasps> like all looks like they're like a couple. But Becca's like, uh, uh, and I was like, oh my oh, gosh. Wait, you don't brought look. her on your date? What? That you brought her on your date with you? No, oh, no, no. You just, this was a different this, day. No, yeah. no, this is the same day. I was supposed to go out with him that night. Later. Okay, this yeah. is early day. Got so it. we're at lunch mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there and this guy just w- literally walks up and I'm like, uh, I couldn't get words out. Thank God Becca knew. Like, I didn't even say like, this is Mr. Wilshire. He's coming. There's a girl. Like, she just felt my energy and we like stood up and I was like, hey. And then he like dropped the girl's hand and I was like, Stop. yeah, I was like, Stop. I'm literally going to go out with you and Four hours. Did you text him and cancel or did you cancel right there? I just there? ghosted. I literally was just like, this guy does not deserve my time. Good. Yeah. Good girl. Oh my God. So that was pretty, I was like, that's pretty nuts. That's pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Yeah. I have a question because you brought up Becca and I know she recently came out as like gay, right? Yeah. Or, right? Is that the right correct term? I want to be politically no, you correct. Say, I guess you just say come out. Because you can or, be, there's gay, there's bi, there's. Yeah. She's has a girlfriend. Yeah. We'll say that. Okay. 
Her and girlfriend is awesome. I'm it, like such she, a fan. It's yeah. so beautiful. But I asked for you as one of her best friends, like what can, as the best friend of someone who's, because right now in this day and age, a lot of people are coming out or experimenting and all these things. What has, how has it been for you? Like what's the most supportive thing you can do as a friend that's helped her? You know, it's interesting because with Becca, she, you know, she dated like, she dated a lot of men before. She was on yeah. The Bachelor. Yeah, she right? was on the Bachelor. Yeah, yeah. That's like, why she, an, it's so interesting to me. And what's funny is I'd always talk to her about like, she's just like, I don't think I'm ever going to feel that way that you feel, you know, because mm. I've talked to her about being in love and how this, it's like this euphoric feeling. And she was just like, I just don't think I have it in me. Like, I just don't think I'm that girl. And when Haley came along, it was like, that was it. She yeah. felt that like feeling. She th- yeah, she now But she knows hadn't considered that maybe it wouldn't all. be a man. At all. Wow. I don't think that was ever... Like- Which is like just so interesting. Like it just goes to show you like the things that we think about like sexuality and the like the... You know, it's like it's, it's just not that black and white. Right, and that's just like what you're conditioned to do. Yeah. You know, you're conditioned right. to like a boy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's just what it was. Especially like she grew up, you know, where she grew up. Where and did she so grow up? in uh, Louisiana. Oh, okay. oh God, the, the yeah. Christian upbringing. <laughs> all yeah, the yeah, whole, yeah. Like, So it's yeah. like that's just what you're, you know, what you're used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just not an option. Like, yeah. Well, and they're like 50 years behind it. still. So right, right, it's not it's not L.A. Yeah. So, okay, so that was just such a beautiful experience. So I think the best thing for our listeners who maybe have a friend who's going through the same experience as her is what, just listen, be supportive. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it really like, what's crazy is it was just like, I remember when she was telling me about it the, the first time that I like, kissed, it was like, I just reacted like I would normally with any, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like anything else. And so you were like, oh, what? Oh my God. No, like, it I was didn't. like, I'm I was so just happy like, for oh you. Oh my gosh, what? Yeah. And then like, you know, asked how it went and how, you know, like I wanted the play by play and like all that stuff. So it was just never really about gender. It was just like about her going through this, like falling in love experience. I, That's beautiful. It's so funny as you say that, like I just realized that actually my two best friends that I grew up with, they both actually ended up now, I, I don't know if they would call themselves gay, but they only date women right now. But they're open to maybe meeting, meeting a guy that might right. make them fall in love, too. But they only date women. And and for me, it was kind of it was the same thing, like the love is patient kind of situation, because they confided in me and let me know that they were dating this girl or whatever. But maybe they weren't really ready to let their parents know or to right, label right, sure. themselves yeah. as like lesbian or whatever. So it's like I think just love is patient, like like letting them figure out how they want to communicate that to the world on their own time. Yeah. And I also think too, it's like, you know, when you say gay, bi, straight, it's just like labels can be so um, confining. Confining. For sure. Yeah. That's and why like, I was like, I don't know if I'm saying the right term. Yeah. No, like, but I, I just I, like who you love. Yeah. You love who you love. Yeah. And so I, I'm hoping eventually that we get through, get to a point where you don't really, it just. Does it need a label? Nothing needs, Does it needs need a label. It's just like, just I this, love this person and here we are. Yeah. Nobody wants to be called something and then feel and, like they can't whether it's your sexuality and i don't want to be called a dumb blonde you know like i don't right wanna, right anything, anything. It's anything. no one wants yeah, to be labeled yeah, by anything sure. except for how they make you feel yeah yeah i love that yeah so okay i want to go to um working with ryan seacrest for over a decade that's crazy he's literally like known as the hardest working man in hollywood yes and you have a front row view to this this mogul yeah tell us about that experience how the hell did you even meet him and get this amazing opportunity and what have you learned and taken away along the way you know, what's crazy is I applied for the job just because I wanted a full-time job. I was like still part-time and I was like, this is a full-time job. I am not qualified. Like, you know, like they have all the, like, yeah. you know, whatever. You have to know how to make these videos mm-hmm. and I didn't know yeah. how to do anything, but I was like, I'll learn. 
So I just like applied for the job, not really thinking that I would ever get it. And I remember like them calling back like, okay, now you're, you know, there's four people that are in the running. And I was like, and I'm one of them. And then did it was like down to school to for like journalism. I or, did. I okay. did. I did. But it was a blogger. It wasn't like on air. It was just like a blogger producer. So I was always like behind the scenes. So anyways, I ended up getting the job, which was crazy in mm-hmm. itself. So now I'm full time. I like have, you know, that's a big deal. Like I'm like, I have it's health benefits. And I have, yeah. You know, well, and here you things. are though. I'm hearing again, you just set your bar super high. Like you're setting your bar super high all the time. Like when I first applied for a full-time job, it wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to pick Ryan Seacrest. Like it yeah. would have not even crossed well, to my be fair, bar. I was working at kiss FM. So I was part-time okay. at kiss. So yeah. it was kind of like but in still, the family. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, so I was working part-time at kiss, but I remember when I got the job, I just fell in love with it. Like I eat, Ate, slept, and what is it? What's the eat, phrase? Sleep eat, sleep, and, and dream. Breathe. 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 Eat, yeah. sleep, and, I was eat, sleeping, and breathing there. Like, But I loved it so much. Like I just always wanted to be there. And so I think I was working with him for like three or four years before I actually got on air. And what's crazy is I went through a breakup at that time of my, li- of my life. And I was long distance between here and he lived in Arizona. I was going to quit my job with Ryan move to Arizona, do my thing, get married, have babies, do all the things. And he broke up with me. And like, it was like my life. Do you thank him every day? Every day. I'm like, that relationship was so not for me. I also was like such, I was not the modern woman I am now then. Like I was so dependent on him. I didn't know how to do anything alone. Like I didn't want to go out alone. I didn't want to go to a wedding alone. And I got to a point where like, I loved being alone. Like Mm -hmm. I like never wanted to be anybody's, like I just wanted to like, do stuff alone because then I could leave whenever I wanted. And like, it's so funny how you get to that place. But so I went to this horrible breakup. And in that like six month window of my breakup, Ryan's co-host at the time, Ellen Kay, got her own morning show and they were auditioning girls to be the next co-host. And they kept bringing in all these girls and he would just talk to me. And we had like such a good chemistry and rapport from the years that I'd been working there. And so basically what they did is they 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 created a third mic position on the show that what didn't exist before for me. Wow. So it's How like you cool. they made a job for you that didn't even exist. It I mean, didn't even exist. that also just goes to show you like you might have not put that on your list because you knew there were only two mics, but like the, like opportunities it was not, can present it themselves. It was not on my list. It was not yeah. even like, and it, it was not expected. And it was the, cra- it was like such a life-changing thing. And what's really crazy is like, I have imposter syndrome like really bad. And it's because when I got this opportunity, there was this person that, you know, when you're young and there's like this man that's so in charge and he was like, mm-hmm. you know, big corporate guy really talked down to me and did not believe in me and didn't like me and like said that my personality was, you know, too much for people and they can only take me in small doses. Oh and it God. was like, really, it's hard to hear that about yourself, Absolutely. you know? And so I'm like, I'm so grateful to Ryan and for like some of the producers that did see, you know, the potential in me and stuff, right. because I wouldn't be here if, if it wasn't for them because this man was so negative, you know? And so I, but I think it was like a lot of, it brought me a lot of fuel because I always wanted to like prove him wrong. Right. You know what I mean? So when like E called and like, we want you to do our Grammy special. And I was like, TV, Mm -hmm. like take that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so funny too. You talked about that horrible breakup because we know someone going through a horrible breakup right now. And I keep telling her just trust your journey. And I look back at my past relationships. I'm like, dodged a fucking bullet, you know, like you have to have faith that everything happens when and exactly and why it should. And I, and it's hard for people when they're in the middle of it, of course, but 
had that breakup not happened, you'd be in Arizona with two kids, maybe divorced, you Sunburned. know? Sunburned. Yeah. <laughs> <Just kidding>. Definitely <laughs> divorced you know? because he was not, exactly. like I was not, I was not the woman I am now. You know yeah. what I mean? I was so not, I was. And what is a modern, modern woman? I do, I, I do what I, what I want. I follow the desires of my own heart. I'm capable of doing whatever I want. I can be alone. I can be with someone. I'm the same person. It's really this mentality of just kind of doing what you want and like that you're capable of, you know, being my own well-oiled machine, being good on my own, being financially stable was like really important for me. I think there's something to be said, too, about the opportunity he gave you, which I think a lot of people don't think of, you know, tragedies like breakups or divorce as an opportunity. But yeah. but you you learned through having to do things on your own, learning to be self-sufficient, that you actually can make your own money. And you actually, you know, like that self-confidence that you build along the oh, way yeah. of like being like, damn, I did do that. Look at me. It's like he gave you a great opportunity to, to develop better self-esteem. Totally. And you know what's crazy is like, the friend that's going through a breakup. Like I went through this breakup and then I was single for seven years after that. Mm. So, and like everything is in sevens, they say like, Oh yes. Interesting. But it's interesting. Cause like I, and being married and having a family was like such a desire of my heart. So it's like knowing that, that that's in there and going seven years. Like, I mean, I'm still, I'm still, you know, I'm not have the guy, but like, you know, it's so crazy to think about like, we're all just in such a hurry to get everything done. And I think patience is just like such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And then also when you talked about being a modern woman, which I love that you coined that term, I just love it so much. When you become so self-sufficient and so self-aware, which is such a beautiful thing to be that confident in yourself, it actually kind of brings some hard discussions or recognizing, you know, maybe toxic people around you or standing up for yourself. And sometimes people don't like that. Yeah. Especially as a woman, they want you to crumble and, oh yes, yeah, whatever you want. And I've gone through that. I think especially in your thirties, you kind of come to yourself and being confident and being like, that person doesn't really cheer for me. Yeah. You know? So I, I think it's, it's hard for anyone who's like listening and maybe having those struggles with friendships but you don't want those people around you. You want only cheerleaders because especially with what you're doing and all this stuff with writing this book and being on air, like you only have time for cheerleaders. Yeah. And I think like when you are like, I don't know, I just don't have space for toxic people, toxic relationships. And I'm not like, I don't, I'm not a believer in like, I've known this person my whole life, so I need to hang on. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like if that person is weighing you down and they're toxic energy, like you don't have to wish them anything bad. Mm -hmm. You don't need to continue on this journey with them. You know, like I think also too, as our time gets less and less, you want to invest it with people that make a difference in your life and like make it better. You know, I was just going to ask you, what would you tell that girl who's single seven years ago? You know, what's some stereotypical question? What would you, advice would you give to your younger self? I mean, how much more time do we have? I wish that I would have been smarter with my money at a younger age. I always look back and I'm like, I wish, you know, like when you're mm-hmm. in your early 20s and you're making $8 an hour, you don't think about investing. You're like, what the hell are you trying to tell me about investing? Like I've, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, but I wish that I was better about taking my money and like being smarter with it and making yeah. my money work for me. Cause I would just like put it in the bank and save it. And I'm like, when they what? don't know it actually is being, you're losing money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I wish that I was like better with my money back then as much as I am like now. And 
patience. Patience is like such a beautiful thing. Love that. And then with being a businesswoman, I love that you talked about finances because I feel like a lot of women don't yeah. talk about it. They're just waiting for the man to take care of them. And that yeah. goes back to being a modern woman and being financially sufficient on your own because you've done so much and you have this crazy schedule and you're so successful. How do you balance? Like, where do you find that balance in your relationships and the self-care and doing it all? Do you live through your Google calendar? Like, what are some tools that help you stay balanced without pulling your hair out? You know, it's interesting because I think like every season of life has a different type of balance and I've never been good at balance. Yeah, I'm really (laughs) bad at it because when I'm in something, I'm like so in it. So for so long, it was like career. Like I was just like, deer in a headlights, like nothing else. And, but I was also really good about my relationships to my friendships. Like I was really good in my single season of being a really good friend. But I think now balance is really hard because it's like, I went from being single and having no obligations to a boyfriend in a relationship, two kids in the mix, 50% of the time, a dog, which is a child, <laughs> which is another child more on my plate in terms of like book pot, you know, before it was like, I just had the morning show and then I was just trying to do other things. Now I'm trying to spin like 50 plates. And so I try and kind of split my week up of like, okay, where's my time on these days. And then I make sure to like split that up with like health, you know, like working out. I try and make sure that I, see my friends and like have that do you schedule time. your friends like do you put it I in the cow I my do. Friends. <laughs> okay. but I also I we love ha- we, we love hosting people and we love having people over so like that's like one thing and I just invite all my friends and if they can't come it's okay or whatever but like I'm I really want to be good about like having everybody together yeah. and so we're, we do like doing that you know we used to do Taco Tuesday every Tuesday. We haven't done it in a oh, while. Yeah, it's like I saw cold. that on your Instagram. Yeah. But when it starts getting warm again, every Tuesday, we just, it's like open door. Whoever wants to come, whoever okay, can come. There. Yeah. Oh, I want to talk <laughs> real really bad fun. right now. Yeah. <laughs> you sounded just like her. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, thank you so much for shed- shedding all of your wisdom and your light on us. I feel like you are just such an inspiration. I feel like girls, especially young girls who, you know, maybe haven't quite found the guy yet or haven't found the the job of their dreams yet. Like, I think you're just a great example of love is patient, set the bar high for yourself. And if anybody wants extra tips on that, they can read your book, which they is can. The Sunshine Mind. Yep. And then you, we can listen to you and Becca on Scrubbing In. And how often do you guys? Uh, once or twice a week, depends. Oh, so we do one a week for sure. And then if we have a guest, two a week. Okay. And then we can still hear you on Ryan Seacrest for the rest of eternity. <laughs> and follow her at Every time morning. Day, day, we, we know day, where to find you. Wow. Yeah, it's You're pretty wild. You've inspired me. Thank yeah. you so much Thank for being here. So Thank really you. Have. Thanks, guys. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.